0: Hey, Nelson, alcoholic addict. It's not my real name. I use a pen name here for my newsletter. A few weeks ago, I went to a PF Chang's for lunch in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I needed a quick bite to eat on a business trip. And before you goof on me for picking PF Chang's, what can I say? I like PF Chang's. It's really good. I'm sorry. So I sat down, was there for like a half an hour, ate my lunch. It was delightful. It was delicious. Uh, And I was. I was a couple minutes away from heading out. I just needed my check and a husband and wife, maybe about 35, 40 years old. They sat down about 10 feet away from me. The restaurant was pretty empty. I did not know it at the time, but I was about to have the most awkward, weird conversation I've had as a sober person. So I noticed the guy immediately because he was just a very large, boisterous guy, very outspoken. He was talking to everybody. And he didn't strike me as a jerk. That's an important thing, I would say. Not a jerk. He was just, like, outgoing, talking to everybody. He had a big, loud, booming voice. And again, I just didn't think at first he was an asshole or anything. So he sat down with his wife and immediately ordered two beers and a shot. And I try not to be judgmental about that stuff, but I, I did catch myself going, well... You know, it's 11.30 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. That's a lot like how I used to drink, and I am an alcoholic. So anyway, he smokes down the drinks, and he starts asking other people in the restaurant what he should order. Like, what's good at P.F. Chang's? And it made me chuckle a bit because, like like I said, I, I really enjoy P.F. Chang's, but it is also not a super exotic, mysterious place. The, the menu is not that complicated, so... So I admit, I'm plugged in. I'm paying a little too much attention to this table that is not mine. It's someone else's table, and I'm plugged into it. So I noticed that the guy, noticed he was pretty funny. Like, he had a very commanding presence as he talked to people, and people liked talking to him, it appeared. And so my first thought was, like, boy, this guy, I bet you he'd be pretty pretty good on a comedy stage. I bet you he would do well if he tried stand-up. Um... Like I said, the guy was not obnoxious, and so people were responding to him, and those are those are the ingredients for a good stand-up, in my experience. So the server, she drops off my check, and she's on her way to that couple's table, and I'm looking at the check when I hear him say, in my direction, hey man, you ever have the lettuce wraps? And... You know, the server was at his table and the guy and his wife were ordering and I looked over and I said, yeah, I like the lettuce wraps. And so he ordered them along with two more beers and then his wife ordered after him and all of a sudden I'm in conversation with with them the, the floodgates had opened. And so, so he starts asking me about me and, and, uh, what I like at PF Chang's, what I was doing in Cincinnati, a lot of small talk. I remember he goofed on me for coming to a PF Chang's. He said, of all the places, man, you're going to come to a PF Chang's. And I was like, well, dude, like you're here too. I mean, you live here. (laughs) Don't, don't make fun of me for, for not eating more local, um, you know, non-chain food. You know, you're sitting in the PF Chang's right beside me. So, so we were we were having some small talk, and it was fun. He was an amusing guy. He was just firing off hot takes and goofing around. And I noticed his wife didn't say much, but she was in the conversation. She was like saying some things and making eye contact and participating, but she wasn't very uh, very loud. And then. Oh my God, I didn't know what hit me. Um, he asked me if I had kids. I said, yes. I asked them if they had kids, and she nodded, and he he nodded too, and he said, yeah, we have three kids, and he jokingly said something about how they, we, we really only like two of the three kids right now, because the youngest is being a brat, and he gave a big old belly laugh, and he said he was just joking, and that, that he actually might be the biggest brat in the house, which I thought was probably true. And I laughed and I made eye contact with his wife. And I said directly to her, yeah, how do you put up with this guy? And she looked back at me and said, I won't have to much longer. We're getting divorced. This is our last lunch together. This is the worst day of my life. And then she just started crying. And I was like, what the bleep just happened here? He tried playing it off with kind of a joke that I don't remember because it was uncomfortable and I couldn't believe what was she just said to me. And so I calmly stood up and I said, Hey, it's nice to meet you guys. I'm really sorry to hear about that. And I, I wish you both well. Have a great day. And I headed for the door. It was so uncomfortable. <laughs> but I also noticed that I didn't panic like I like I used to. In recovery, the 12 steps they've helped me walk toward necessary, uncomfortable situations, even when I know they're going to be ugly. And I accept those things happen. It's part of life. Everything will be all right. I'll be able to move on. I have tools at my disposal. Um, So I have faith about uncomfortable things now in a way that I didn't back when I first came into the rooms. And I think, like, ten years ago, that conversation happens. Um... Or if I was still drinking, I would I would probably have gotten drunk with the guy and his wife. But I think even in sobriety, like maybe ten years ago, I might have stayed at PF Chang's for an hour and tried to be like a marriage counselor or a sober coach for the guy. I would have probably tried to drive him to rehab somehow. But I'm I'm not a marriage counselor, and no one asked me to do an intervention on this guy. Uh, I probably shouldn't have been in the conversation to begin with, and I really think the time to go was when I actually left. Um, and so I felt, I felt for both of them for different reasons. Anytime I see somebody who's on their fourth beer and it's not even noon yet, you know, it hits my heart, hits my heart a little bit. I've been there. I know that, I know that life. But honestly, as I left, I, I thought back on the previous 30 minutes and I could not believe how cold, That guy was, you know, his behaviors. Now that I had the context of their lunch, this final lunch between a husband and wife, I was like thinking, geez, maybe she's better off not being married to somebody who's having that much fun as you're sitting there with a broken heart. So this may just seem like a wildlife story that's unrelated to recovery, and that's fine. But in my head, it is related. I've said this before one of the biggest reasons I think I fell in love with drugs and alcohol was because I used to feel uncomfortable a lot. And then I drank for the first time and I felt comfortable. I felt warm all over. I felt numb. And I used to just run from stuff that wasn't pleasant, just run the other way. And that, that didn't, that feeling that didn't just go away when I stopped drinking. So I had to work through it. And that conversation was a good, good reminder that i have made I've made a lot of progress. It doesn't always feel that way, but I have. I've made a lot of progress. I don't see it every day, but but it's there. And so, listen, the truth, I wish it wasn't true, but it is a good sober life. It also has uncomfortable moments. I have come a long way toward being able to process unpleasant things. And sometimes it's a bad day at work or an inappropriate comment from somebody at a store or even just saying no to my kids sometimes when they want something, you know, there are uncomfortable moments and, um, I know how to work through them now, you know, and, (laughs) and even if, even if that means a very weird afternoon at a PF Chang's in their dining room. So thanks for letting me share.